The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast with more cheese. I don't know where I was going with that, but hey, I'm Steven. I'm your host. How's it going? Today, we're going to do ElfQuest Part 3, which means we're talking about ElfQuest issue number three of the original quest. They just keep questing, man. There's the original quest. There's the other quest. And I'm sure there's a third quest in there somewhere. There's a final quest. You know, they decide, you know what, let's go on one more quest, and then that's it. We're done. We're retiring. No more quests. But we'll get to those later, like years from now, because I'm doing it one issue at a time, folks, and those take a bit. That's dedication, isn't it? I'm pretty dedicated. I still don't know if I can do this. Anyway, before we get into issue number three, let's just see where we were with issue number two. If you remember... The elves had come to the village in the middle of the desert, the village of the sun folk. They come across elves. They hadn't seen any other elves in their entire lives. Never run across other elves. As far as they were concerned, they were the only elves alive in the world of two moons. So they see this other group of elves and their first thought isn't, you know what? Maybe we should go down there and see if they can help us. Maybe maybe they have some food. Maybe they have some water. That's something we need. They say, no, let's go raid their village and take what we want. And that's what they do. And while they're doing that, our chief, Cutter, he's the guy in charge. He's the dude making all the decisions. He sees a woman, an elf maiden. Her name is Lita. And right away, he says to himself, you're the one that I want. You are the one I want. Hoo, 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 baby. And so he snatches her up. He's riding by in his wolf and he's like, hello, sailor. And he grabs her and they go riding off. Well, there's another guy in the village who's always had his eye on Lita and her, his, and his name is Rayak. And Rayak's not too happy about this. And he goes to get Lita back. And in the end, they're all like, hey, don't worry about it, bro. We're good. Let's all be friends. Let's all, you know, come together now, smile upon your brother and all that stuff. And the elves, the the wolf riders are invited into the village and they are taken to see the mother of memory. And that's the issue ends with they meet this woman. She's sitting in a throne and she says, welcome, welcome, my friends. Welcome to sorrow's end. And we as the reader are supposed to just be like, what the frick? Because if you remember... Cutter had said, as he was leading his people through the desert, who else did that once? I feel like there's somebody else out there that led his people through the desert. Anyway, Cutter said, all right, folks, we're going to do this. We're almost there. By the time the sun rises, we will have reached sorrow's end. And they get there and they're told, welcome to sorrow's end. As the reader, you're like, what the frick? Well, when issue number three opens up, we're at that point. And she says again, Welcome to Sorrow's End. And the elves are like, whoa, didn't, that's what you said, Cutter. You said Sorrow's End. You said that's where we were going. Well, they don't really address it any further than that. 
They We do find out that the mother of memory, her name is Sava, she came to this place with her family when she was a small child. And when they came here, they built this village. They started it with just her and her family, and they called it Sorrow's End. Why Cutter called it Sorrow's End? I don't know. Coincidence? Maybe. I don't know if they really ever address it. We do find out, though, that Sava, she's a witch woman, but, you know, not a bad witch woman. She has she has the mojo. She can do the magic. Maybe there was something about her magic that reached out across the sands and put that thought into Cutter's mind and gave Cutter that name, Sorrow's End. We don't know. I don't know if they ever, I, I don't remember if they ever address it. But at one point as they're talking, Sava stands up and she's tall. She's like twice as tall as the other elves. She's tall and slender. She would be probably the size of a human. And when the wolf riders see her standing there all tall and elegant, they start kind of freaking out. They're like, oh, this this lady, she's something special. And Cutter even asks her, are you one of the high ones? And if you remember, the high ones I talked about in the first episode of the the way the elves came to the world of two moons. They were in this big flying palace that crashed to the world of two moons. And these are the elves that they came out. They were tall. They were elegant. These are the high ones, the first elves to come to the world of two moons. Now, you kind of get the impression that Sava may be two or three generations removed from the high ones, maybe, We know that Cutter, for example, he is the blood of 10 chiefs. Those 10 chiefs go all the way back. So he, there are 10 other chiefs that were chiefs of the, of the wolf riders. And he is a direct descendant from all of them. He's the blood of the 10 chiefs. And the first one, the first one was the, the son of a high one who was actually, you know, I can't remember if I've gotten into this yet. And I'm sure we'll talk about it next episode because I think the next episode, deals with more of the, the the next issue anyway, issue number four, deals more with their past. So I, I may talk about this more then. But the original Wolf Riders started because one of the high ones, when she left the palace, she escaped into the woods and she it was a shapeshifter and she changed into a wolf. She sees a pack of wolves. She changes into a wolf to hide from the humans and she hides among this pack of wolves. They accept her as, as one of their own and she ends up staying as a wolf and finding a mate among the wolves and they have a cub and the cub, because the cub is part wolf, part elf, it, it is more of a, of a, it looks kind of like a werewolf elf type thing. And that I believe was the first of these 10 chiefs that came before cutter. So, the elves that we're dealing with right now are basically Cutter and, and most of his people. They are about 12 generations removed from the high ones. Whereas Sava, you got to get the idea that Sava or Sava, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. She's, she might be two, three, four generations removed. But Cutter asks, he actually asks her, he says, are you, are you a high one? And she's like, come on, son. I'm not a high one. I'm old, but I'm not that old. Okay. And she talks about her family. She gives a little bit of information about, you know, her and her family. They came and they started Sorrow's End and all that. And she does remember the humans. Apparently there hasn't been any humans uh, in this area in, in generations. And so the Wolf Riders are feeling pretty lucky about that. But really most of this, epi- this, most of this issue has taken up with Cutter, the, this triangle among Cutter, Lita, and Rayek. So the Sunfolk welcome the Wolf Riders in. 
uh, to live with them. And there's a big celebration. There's elves playing pipes and flutes and banging on drums and stuff. And there's these three elf maidens. They're dancing and all the other elves are just sitting around watching and eating and, and just, they're just having a celebration. And, and one of these elves that's, one of these elf maidens that is dancing is, is Lita. And she happens to dance close to where Cutter is sitting and he kind of grabs this scarf that she's dancing around with and he pulls her over to them and they, they, they look each other over and they're staring at each other. They're, they're, you know, staring into each other's eyes. And then across the way is Rayak watching them and he's just seething. He is so upset because he wants Lita. That's, he is in love with her or what he feels is love. That's, he feels that she should be his. And they don't really practice, I guess, recognition with the sun folk, there's, it's this ancient thing that has always been a thing among the wolf riders where a male and a female elf, there's just this bond that suddenly snaps between the two of them. And they, they call that being recognized. And when you're recognized, that's going to be your life mate. And you're, it's, it's, it was kind of a, I don't know if they ever explain it. I always feel it was like kind of something that this magical thing that evolved among the elves after they came to the world of two moons to force them to procreate. And it just, it's turned into more of a, uh, once you've been recognized, you don't have a choice. This is who you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And if you fight it, it only gets worse because this magical bond between you just keeps trying to pull, pull you close to each other. And if you try to, if you try to deny it, it brings you a lot of basically, you know, so pain fit, not like more like a, psychological pain. Well, I don't know if they just, they don't, they don't quite do this among the sun folk. They seem to be, uh, uh, if I remember, I, I, I don't know. They don't really talk about it too much. Um, or if they do, she just, she just can't accept that recognition has happened with her and this wild elf, basically. And Rayek especially can't accept it. He knows that there's no recognition between he and Lita, but he feels that it doesn't matter. They could still be married and spend, spend their lives together because he hasn't, he has not recognized anybody. She has not recognized anybody. And that's because whoever it is that they are destined to be with are somewhere else, just like we find with Cutter. So anyway, he, at one point, he challenges Cutter to a contest and the way he does it, it's actually kind of funny as I'm reading this for the 14th time or whatever. Cutter has gone to see Lita and he's at her window and he's basically telling her, why are we doing this? Why are you fighting this? Why are you fighting the truth? And she's like, I don't, I don't know what you mean by truth. What kind of truth? And he's like, look, we don't play games like this among the wolf riders. You know what this is. I know what this is. And then suddenly Rayak comes up behind him and he shoves him to the ground and he throws this, what looks like a knife. It actually resembles, to me, it looks like a, an envelope. You know, uh, what do they call those? Those envelope openers, you know? And he throws it at the ground. He throws it at him like a throwing knife, and it lands in the sand next to him, point down. And it's got, on the handle, it's got carved on the top. It's got an, uh, an elf, an elf head. Below it are a pair of hands, and then below that is a heart. And then it goes directly from that panel where, where Cutter is laying on the ground, where Rayak had shoved him and the the freaking letter opener, that's what it's called, a letter opener, is stuck in the ground next to him. And it goes straight from there to Cutter with Sava and she's holding it and she's telling him what it is. This is a, a challenge wand. It's a, you now, he, he has challenged you to the contest 
He has challenged you to the contest of the mind or the hand, the heart, and the the hand, the heart, and the head. Now, the reason I find this funny is because I start to wonder how we got from Cutter on the ground with a letter opener stuck in the sand next to him to him asking Sava what it is. Because if he is such a wild freaking warrior elf, I mean, if I was in his place and somebody came up behind me and threw me to the ground and threw what is in essence a knife at me, my first thought is I am being attacked. And I would get up and get in that guy's face and be all like, what, what? You want to start something? You want to start something? Huh? Come on, get it, get it. You know, I'd be all up in there. So did that happen or did something entirely different happen? I like to try to fill in those spaces. Did Rayak grab him by the shoulder, throw him to the ground, throw the letter opener into the sand and then just run screaming, ah, leaving Cutter there on the ground to go, what the frick was that? Well, I better take this letter opener and find out what it is and then go moseying on to Sava. Is that what happened? I feel like I need to know, but the point is, is that he has now been challenged and the way it's supposed to be, the challenge is if I best you in this contest, Rayak basically is saying to Cutter, then Lita is mine. Well, Sava, she, she gathers up all the interested parties. She has Cutter there. She's got Rayak there. She's got Lita there with Lita's parents. And she's basically, she basically says, look, this is what's happened. Lita, you know what recognition is. You got a, you got a choice to make. Do you choose one of these two to be yours? And she looks at both of them and she's like, well, you know, in her head, she's like, well, I, I grew up with Rayek. He's, he's strong and he's, he's, you know, he's, but he's he be kind of a jerk, I guess. And Cutter, you know, I guess he seems nice. He's, he's, he's also strong and confident and, but he's also kind of wild and I don't know him that well. And she just basically says, I, I can choose neither. Oh, woe is me. And there's a big audible gasp from everyone in the room. And Sava says, all right, well, I guess the challenge has to move forward. And that's when Rayak kind of stands up and he's like, yeah, challenge. And when I'm done kicking your elf butt all over these sands, Lita's going to be my girl. And that, you know, Lita's like, oh, you think so? You think I'm just some kind of prize that you can win? I don't think so, boy. She's starting to kind of realize that Rayek is, is a bit of a jerk. But the contest happens anyway. The first round is the round, the, the challenge, the contest of the hand. And what that means basically is they have to best each other in some kind of hand-to-hand kind of combat thing. And so what they do is they set up this thing that's kind of like a seesaw except for just one platform where you would sit on one end, somebody would sit on the other end, you'd go up and down. Instead of just one flat board like that, it's actually two long poles. And they have to stand on the poles, one foot on each pole with their 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 eyes uh, blindfolded. And elves are moving the poles up and down to try to throw them off balance. And they're, they're reaching across, they're basically shaking hands and they have to clasp each other's hands and whoever falls off first, whoever can force the other one off of the poles, they win. And it's kind of funny because they're calling each other these dumb names like bead rattler and snake and dog and flea scratcher and all that. And, but Cutter ends up winning. And Rayek is really kind of upset about that because really the, the, the goal is to beat him in every, all three contests. You're not truly the victor unless you can beat the other one in all three contests. And right away he loses the first. He could win the other two, but in his heart, 
he's already lost. But still, he's going to go forward. So the next contest is the contest of the head or the mind. And what they do is first, first they need to take their weapons away from them. And that's kind of a funny bit, too, because at one point, Sava is talking to Lita and her mother, and she's like, Lita, are you sure you want to keep going with this? And boom, right at the next panel, because she's like, you know, Cutter, you know, he's he's not that bad of a guy. But then the next panel to show that Cutter is still a wild kind of guy, he's standing there without a shirt on, and he's got his sword clutched in his hand. There are two elves basically trying to leap atop of him. He's shoving a third elf out of the way, and two other elves, all sunfolk, are laying on the ground. And he's screaming, no, you can't have my sword! And Sava's like, look, buddy, you gotta give him your sword because that's part of the contest. Don't worry, you'll get it back. And I just have to wonder, how did it get to that point? How did, did it really escalate that quickly? Did five different elves converge at him on at, at the same time, circle him and say, give us your sword. And right away, he's like, no. And then a big fight ensues. Or was it kind of a slow build? Did one elf come up to him and say, hey, it's time for the second contest. Here's how it's going to work. But I need your sword first. And Cutter's like, uh, I can't really give you my sword. And the elf's like, listen, man, I, I got to have your sword because we have this contest going. Nah, I can't give you my sword. It's my sword. I, I, I just don't give it to people. Well, you know, if you want to go forward with the contest, you, you got to give me the sword. No, I'm not giving you the sword. I'm not going to tell you again. Another elf walks up. You should probably give him your sword because that's the way the contest works. Hey, I said I'm not giving him the sword. Okay, well, you know, we really need the sword. Yeah, give him the sword, man. What's the big deal? A third elf walks up. Hey, what's going on here? Why Why isn't he giving you the sword? I don't know. I told him I needed the sword. I'm not giving anybody the sword. And next thing you know, they're piling up on each other. And, no, not my sword. Is that how it happened? It just seems like a weird transition to just suddenly he's just, get away from me. But, you know, who am I to judge? It just seemed funny in my head. I like I like to fill in the pieces. I like to fill in the story in my head because I can't imagine that it just happened. Just boom! It's just this huge escalation really quick. And he's really quite bummed that he has to hand his sword over. And he finally does. And he he's leaving the tent and he kind of looks at Lita and he says, basically, I only gave away my sword for you. I would never do that for anyone else. Like he, like he's giving away his freaking foot or something. So what happens is, is they, they each stick Rayak and, and uh, Cutter on a horse, blindfolded again, no shirts, hands bound behind their backs. They take them up into the hills, into the mountains, and they separate them, and they carry each one into, diff- to, into a different cavern. And they dump them there deep within the cavern, and they say, okay, here's the deal. We've hidden your sword, and in Rayek's case, his dagger. We've hidden your weapons somewhere. Your job is to get free, find your weapons, and then make it back to the sun to the village before the other one. If you can do that, you win. If you're not back by sundown, we're going to come and get you. Now, this is a bit of a longer sequence because you get to see that Rayek is able to get free from his ropes because he finds a rock that he can cut his his bonds on and, and slice through the ropes. 
Cutter, on the other hand, there's something apparently back at the old forest called strangleweed that would get them tied up a lot. And he he was always really good about getting out of that. So getting out of these knots were no big deal. They don't really explain how Rayak finds his dagger. He's not supposed to be using any magic, but he does find his dagger deep down in, in, a, in a crevice so he can't reach it. Cutter, on the other hand, you find out that because of, as I said, generations back, an elf turned into a wolf and mated with another wolf and started and had a, a freaking wolf baby kid. He's He still has this some of these instincts of the wolf and he has keen senses and he can smell his sword. So he follows the scent. And there's there's this one point in the in the sequence that I just scratch my head over because he comes out of this cavern and he's basically standing on this shelf of rock looking out over this this large canyon. It's like a balcony and the cavern floor is 20 feet below him. And he knows his sword is down there. So he he unlaces these these this leather thong thing that uh, on each one of his legs that's holding his pants together. And he uses that to create a to 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 make a makeshift rope. And he he basically scales, he he hangs off of this balcony thing, this shelf of rock with this rope. And he goes, she shimmies down, and he's at the end of the rope, and he's about three feet off the ground, and he says, Well, I guess I'm gonna have to drop but it's kind of rocky down there. I hope I land okay. And he lets go and he just lands on the ground on his back. He's three feet up. He's an agile elf. Why didn't he land on his feet or at least land in a roll or land in a crouch? He just, he lets go and bam, he lands on his back. He it's It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then he finds his sword because he trips on his pants that are basically hanging off of his waist. And he trips on his pants and he lands over a crevice and he looks down and there's his sword, but he can't reach it. So he's in the same kind of predicament that Rayak is in. Well, Rayak, he's got this really elaborate necklace with these like animal teeth on it and stuff. And he uses it. He cre- he creates what's basically like one of those claws in a, in a claw game in an arcade to reach down and grab his dagger. And Cutter, on the other hand, as he's laying there trying to reach for his sword, He's 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 got Skywise's lodestone. Now, if you don't remember what this is, it's the piece of rock, it's the shard of rock that came off of the big stone in the troll caverns in issue number one. Skywise wears it around his neck. When he holds it up, it's it's magnetic, so it always points to magnetic north. And they followed that through the desert, and that's what took them to Sorrow's End. And he well, he had given it to Cutter to wear during the contest as a lucky charm. And as he's laying there with it dangling into the crevice, he feels it pulling against the sword. And he says, oh, it's like a, it's a, it can stick to the sword. And that's how he pulls it up. Well, Rayak gets out and he rushes to the village. He's like, ha ha, I have won. But no, he has not won. Cutter's been there for quite some time. And so Rayak loses another contest, but he doesn't give up. He's tenacious, old Rayak is. And so we move on to the third contest, the challenge of the heart. And this is where both Rayak and Cutter have to face their greatest fear. And for Cutter, he goes first. So Sava uses her medicine, not her medicine. What am I talking about? She uses her magic to look into their minds and find out what each of their greatest fears are. And so for Cutter to face his greatest fear, he goes first. They take him to this, this, 
I don't even remember what it's called now, but it's like a big stone arch that is, it's just huge. It's like the size of the freaking St. Louis arch. And on one side of the arch is this big, this big rock freaking monolith thing. And in front of it is a kind of a sculpture. It's a, it's a, it's a sun sculpture. And Cutter's job is to walk across this very thin span of rock that's about the size of, I don't know, it's, it's probably two feet across, but he's supposed to walk across, touch the sun thing, and then come back. And this is when you learn that Cutter's greatest fear is heights, or at least that's what you're led to believe. I don't remember if there's a twist to that or not, but he steps out onto the bridge, he gets partway across, and then he just can't take it. It's just too high. And he turns around and he comes back and he collapses and he's really upset. He's like, oh, I've lost. I've lost the contest. Woe is me. I just, I can't do it. I'm a loser. And Rayak, of course, he's all like, what a wussy wiener boy. Come on. This is easy, dude. You are a punk. And he steps out onto the bridge. He's like, see, look at me, boy. Look at me. Look at me go. And he might as well have started tap dancing out there, but he's standing out there in the middle of this bridge, his arms spread wide, and he's like, ha ha, sucker, at least this is one contest I'm going to win. And then a big wind kicks up, knocks him off of the bridge, he falls, and he manages to reach out and grab a spur of rock on the side of the bridge, and he's hanging there. And Cutter's like, oh, no. And he tells Lita, why can't he use his freaking magic powers to levitate himself up? And she says, well, his, he can't, it's, it's too heavy. He can only lift small things. And that's when Cutter realizes he has to go save him. Because even though Rayak is his enemy, no elf should die. And so he steps out on the bridge to save him. And then that's when it ends. It ends with one last panel after that. Lita is looking on and a word, a name enters her mind, a name she's never heard of, a name she doesn't dare speak out loud. And in her mind, she says the name and the name is Tam. And that's how the, that's how the issue ends to be continued. So you've got kind of two cliffhangers there. Is Rayak going to die? Is Cutter going to save him? Is Cutter, Cutter going to go out and try to save him and they both die? Is Cutter going to die and Rayak's going to save himself? What's going to happen? Oh my goodness. It's a literal cliffhanger, except for it's not really a cliff. It's more of a, a rocky bridge that he's hanging from. But then you have the other cliffhanger which is, what's up with that name, Tam? Who is that? Who is Tam? I mean, I know who it is, because again, I've read these about 19 times or something, but those are our cliffhangers, and that's how the issue ends. So there's a few things still left that we need to resolve. I'll tell you right now, they really, they have yet to really fully leave on the elf quest. Some could argue that they're currently on the quest now, that the moment they left, they're burning home. They started their quest. And I, I can see that. But the true quest hasn't quite begun yet. But the quest to find themselves, why that's been happening all along. And then after the, the original quest, there's a second quest. And then there's a final quest. They're just questing all over the place. And I love the name, The Final Quest. It's like, all right, guys, one more quest and that's it. That's done. Final. No more. I can quest no more. But we'll get to those. We'll get to those eventually. Until then, I'm going to wrap this up. There's not much more to say about the issue. You kind of find out, they're, they're, they kind of hint in this issue that there might be a little attraction thing going on between Lita's sister, whose name is Shen Shen, 
and Skywise. They kind of hint at that. That it's it's not a part of the story. Whether or not you know that, it's not a big deal. But it does hint at at, at something. Skywise turns into kind of a player there at the uh, at the whole Sun Village type thing. Skywise is a player, straight up, is what I'm trying to tell you. But we're just going to continue on with this love triangle, and we're going to see how it's going to resolve itself. And resolve itself, it does. It lends itself to a pretty big story that's coming up, and we're just, we're really just in the the very beginning of it. There's a big epic tale coming, and I can't wait to get into it. But until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Be safe. Be responsible. We have to be responsible for ourselves so that we can get past this thing that's going on right now out there, people. I'm out. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at stephenorelse. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.